0: Welcome to the second episode of Tax Talk Talk with Harrison Dell. So, feel free to uh, follow me on TikTok while you're here. My handle is at Harry Dell Tax Talk. Um, and we talk all things tax, legal, crypto, um, maybe some other areas. I've had some uh, requests to talk cannabis law, which I think we'll do in the near future. Now, on this episode, I want to walk you through who I am and my my journey because my my journey is a bit different than most law graduates, not always in a good way, but certainly in an interesting way. So I started my career as a public servant at the tax office doing audits, doing um, internal advice and all sorts of other things. But the way that I got there was, um, I think the most interesting. So I I was a uh, very low performing student because I was not focusing on my university studies that much. And I think that was partially because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't study tax law when I was at uni. I didn't know how cool it was. Rather, I was getting through because I knew knew law was something that I liked. Whether I was going to be a practicing lawyer or not, I still wasn't sure. So in my my final year, right at the beginning of the year, my my mates were all applying for graduate programs. They were applying like crazy because they realized that they had to get a job. And, And quickly I realized that, unless you put that work in, in that final year, in terms of applying, you weren't really going to get anywhere. So I was applying for, you know, I was trying to do two or three graduate programs a day. And there was this website. I I think it was Grad Connection or Grad Australia or something. And I was going through the list and I was, I was doing all of them. And I did, you know, every single bank, I did every single large firm. I did every single um, accounting management consulting type firm, every single government department, and anything else that I could find that was partially relevant to tax law. So realistically, it was probably 70 or 80 graduate programs that I went for. And only one of them came back. One of them came back with an interview, it was at the ATO. I remember I went down to the assessment center and I did all that garbage, um, which was a whole day affair. And I actually didn't think anything of it because I had I'd, I'd applied for that graduate program in February. And I finally got the confirmation that I got it in November. So I'd basically forgotten this thing existed. And at that point, I I had another option already lined up. I had um, an unpaid internship at a media law company. And I was seriously considering turning down a government salary to get into the sexy area that is media law. And, And thankfully, I was smart enough to go, well, hang on, let's take the paying job. Especially because I had a young family, so... I always kick myself that I even had to think about that decision for more than you know five seconds. But I did. Anyway, I, I started at the ATO. I, I started in an audit area. I was um, auditing wealthy Australians and um, high wealth families. And that's sort of where I first started to enjoy taxation law. It was fascinating. We were part of the most powerful department in the country basically having free reign to look at whatever we wanted and we could had to go forth and conquer and I was doing fringe benefits tax. Um, I was doing CGT issues I was doing fairly complex transactions you know from the ATO side looking at them and, and, and prodding them and that was all good fun. Um, you know, next I went through tax council so I was doing a lot of advisory work for the ATO on, on really complex stuff and and th- this stuff was cool. It was really cool and forming the ATO Public Views that went on the websites and went in the rulings and um, complex litigation matters, all those things was stuff I was doing every day. I I loved it. I really, really loved it. And at the end of that first year, um, I got my permanent placement and I really wanted to be in tax council because that was pretty sexy, being the tax lawyers for the ATO. A lot of other graduates really wanted that role as well. And I didn't get it. And it really pissed me off, to be honest, because I was doing such good work there. Um I actually queried that with them and, you know, got some feedback and it was all kind of crap, but whatever. And it was kind of at that point that I sort of knew that I wasn't really gonna last at the ATO long term. And interestingly enough, when I started there, my my father mentioned to me that I didn't really have the uh have the gall to withstand public service long term and in hindsight I think he was very right i've got that very low tolerance to being stuffed around anyway i um you know bummed around a few areas for a while i was back in um uh private wealth audit for a while which was great fun did did some even bigger transactions did the you know top wealthy families in australia which was fantastic um and then i left went to uh an accounting firm where we did tax and legal advisory work and that was such a good experience tell you what the um It was a really good way to move from the public sector into private work and that private work that I got to do was really high quality it was ATO disputes naturally I was put into a lot of ATO disputes as having some sort of arcane knowledge of how the ATO works but really I didn't really I just um you know kind of knew some of the buzzwords and and um and those sorts of things but I did bring a lot of credibility to the table and and that I found that to be a really interesting way to get some clients is um, they may have done some, some naughty things in the past who am I to judge and whether they were coming clean or whether they were fighting off the ATO, trying to get the best case scenario. I told people more than once that a a really easy way to get some credibility is to use an ex ATO officer because I, I, I do, and I still have a good relationship with the tax office because You have to work with them every day, so they are our friends. We we must be nice to them in the private sector. Even when we need to be a bit mean, we do it in a in a nice way. So I was at that firm for for um about 18 months, and then I was given a offer to join a firm and and head their new tax practice in Sydney. And this was really the first time I went out on my own. And I was in Sydney, the rest of the firm was based in Melbourne. And I was trying to drum up work, which you, you realise is a bit harder um, than it seems. You watch the partner do it, you know, people come through the door and you convince them to part with some money and, um, you know, you, you get some things done. And But when those people aren't coming through the door, w- what do you do with your day? You know, I, I very quickly figured out that um, I had to find my own work. I thought I was going to get a bit of work from the firm and a bit of, a bit from myself, but I realize I had to get all of it to myself so I was out there pounding the pavement which is really scary stuff for anyone imagining having to you know literally cold call people you know actually get out there and do do networking which is super cringe hate networking as a term because as a term I don't think we are computers that form networks I think in fact we're people that form relationships and um, when you when, when you don't have those relationships you, you can't really get picky about who you work with but um, now I'm sort of comfortable enough that I get to pick who I work with I work with people that I really really like and, and they like me I think at least they put up a good front about it um, anyway at this firm you know I, I was putting in some work building some building some really good networks and um, building you know a bit of a bit of a little client base for myself and um, you know eventually we sort of agreed that it wasn't really working out at that firm I I wasn't getting the support I needed and, and they weren't sort of getting the results that they wanted. Um, and I said, well, I don't really need to be here. If you don't want me here, I'm just, I'm out. So that's, that's what we did. And I bummed around for a while at home, moved houses, had about a month off work. And, um, I ended up at this firm called, called Chamberlain's, which is where I am now. And it's a, it's a fairly good sized firm, about a hundred staff. And they did all sorts of, different things but they did not have a tax practice they had one previously but um you know that that fellow left so i was moving into this role at this firm where there was no tax practice it was it was quite a mature law firm as in the teams were fairly profitable um and there was a good amount of fees going through the firm and, and a good varying amount of work in the firm and i came on thinking that um you know i I'll I'll, I'll I'll basically have a tax practice from you know, just from the firm, which in hindsight was mostly correct. I I came into this firm. I got I got lots of great quality work. Um, but what I found is, sort of six months after you start building your networks, which is how long I was at that other firm, they start to they start to pay off. So I was getting so much work through the door. It's it's still coming. It's it's still in droves, and you can't stop it. And um, I now go on podcasts and I, and I talk to junior lawyers and I, apparently I'm a senior lawyer now. I'm at the ripe old age of 28 and I'm a senior lawyer. And they, they asked me, oh, how did you do it? You know, How did you progress so quickly? And i tell you what, a lot of it's luck. It's, I was very lucky to have met the people that I met. I was very lucky to get that first job at the ATO. I was very lucky that um, I'm a likable guy in the fact that I can talk to people and, you know, talk, talk a little bit of crap with them. You know, you, you talk about sports, you talk about the family, you talk about all, all these other things. And unfortunately that, that's what you got to do. And I say this to lawyers all the time, especially junior lawyers who who told tell, tell me that they want to be a partner one day because, you know, I want to be a partner one day. And I say the only way you can do that is by building a client base. And the only way you can build a client base is by being a really nice guy or girl. Or by being like the preeminent lawyer in your field, and unfortunately, at mid-tier firms, it's always seen that we are not the preeminent lawyers in our field. Although I've seen the top lawyers in fields work in boutique firms, you know things like that. Um, so I say to people, the only like the the most likely way that you're going to be a partner in a law firm is by being able to win clients. And a lot of junior lawyers go, "Ooh, don't want to do that. That sounds scary. I just want to." do law I like writing letters, I like the, the you know, nitty gritty bit of contracts and everything like that. But that's not gonna get you too far. So really what you need to do, if you're a young lawyer listening to this, or, or a young anything, whether you're an accountant, um, a financial planner or any sort of professional, the only way that you can progress to a firm like structure really is to win your own clients. And and that's gotta go in your own time. I was very lucky that I was given some time to do that, I had a you know a slow six months in, in the COVID times where I was building a practice. And luckily all that stuff paid off for me. And when you're working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day at a large firm, it's very difficult to go out and build work. And that's not, that's not really what they want you to do. However, if that's the position you're in, that that is part of the expectation to progress is, you know, if you're uh, say a junior associate and you start bringing in a bit of work, then your partner is going to look at you very favorably saying, look, he's, he's obviously with the team. He's bringing something to this team, he, he, him or her. So that that is the surefire way to be a partner. And I don't mean a partner at the firm that you're at. I mean, it's going to be either a partner at the firm you're at, at another firm, or perhaps a partner in your own firm where you can call the, the shots yourselves. And, and there's always that chance where you won't get where you want to be. But if you've started building a client base and say you've got two three hundred thousand dollars of fees under your belt annually, um, and you bring that to the firm, you are absolutely more valuable than that guy who bills, you know, a ridiculous amount of money, but he can't talk to a client. You're the one who's going to progress and not them. And and that's what I tell junior lawyers all the time, and I've seen a few of them take it on. Um, in particular, um, it's always good to see young lawyers getting out there doing some marketing and some networking because you just don't see it very much you see a lot of the old codgers out on the traps at the networking events at the at the conferences um but you see those young guys doing it young guys and girls doing it and um it's it's already very novel itself and that's really my advice to you is is to really get out there use you, you like young professionals message people on linkedin it's it's now not weird to just message strangers out of the blue, which I think is great. Um, create some social media content. Go to those really cringy networking events because they're only cringy when you don't get anything out of it. When you start getting work out of it, they are not cringe at all. They are actually great fun because you start to see the people that you like all the time. And you need to integrate that partially into your social life. Part of your social life is networking, if that's if that's where you want to be and. That's going to mean that you know when you're out there networking, you're having fun with those people, those people who are going to build your business for you or assist you to build your business, and then the sky's the limit. So, so guys, look, thanks for listening to sort of my journey. Um, I will keep pointing people back to this podcast, especially because people keep asking me about it, and it's not a usual journey; it's a bit different, um, and it does go to show that you know success does not mean. Go to the top tier firm, get the top tier job, and then work your ass off for you know ten to twelve years, and then you might become partner if you can cop it that long, or maybe you'll just be shoved to the side as a special counsel. No, I I encourage young lawyers to get their hands dirty in business development. I think it's so critical, and if they're anything like me, and and my my key trait is I am impatient. I think, and that's impatient with uh you know. Poor clients, all sorts of things, but mostly impatient with building my business. So I want to do it as fast as I can. Then you need to get your hands dirty. So that's all today. Have a great rest of your day, everyone, and look forward to the next episode.